Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. You know, that was really hard for Andy to pretend to be bad at setting up a tent. I have done a lot of camping, so I actually am a pretty much a professional at, at tents, anything to do with that. And so. I'm one of those, like, camper, like, I need to have a camper, not a tent. I'm one of those campers, so I'm sure some of you could agree with me on that. But uh, good morning. Welcome to Refuge. We are excited to bring the word. It's something that God has just been putting on our hearts, and so we're really excited. But if this is your first time here Uh, You might not know who we are. We're sorry that your first time here is hearing us speak. So, (laughs) no, it won't be. (laughs) Just got to give a disclaimer, you know. Um, But, yeah, my name is Michaela, and I am on staff here at Refuge. I'm the creative director, and it's a lot of fun uh, just, you know, kind of behind the scenes creating stuff. And Andy is also on staff here, kind of. (laughs) Sort of, yeah. So, I um, serve here as part of the advisory board. Um, I also play on the worship team and recently employed at SPCA part-time as well. So kind of helping some of the teachers with some technology this year. But Andy's one of those, like, nerds, techie, smart people. He works in IT, so if you have any tech questions, don't come to him. <laughs> he gets enough already. No. Um, but, yeah, we just, you know, introduce ourselves. We have... Uh, a really cute little baby. He's 11 months old. He's sleeping right now. I think there's a picture of him. Uh, he's, he just got his first haircut yesterday, so I know he doesn't look 11 months old anymore. Right, but he's officially a big boy now because yes. haircut, now he just he looks old. Yes, and I'm also pregnant. I, we have another boy on the way, so lots of boys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll just... Dive right in, right? Yeah. Um, So kind of what we've been talking about this summer, some of the series that that we've been working on and that's uh, been a lot of fun is this summer camp theme. And what's really neat is that we've got some pastors here at this church, you know, uh, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, who have really been empowering some individuals in this church to help lead, to help preach, and any time that, that we get to do that on stage, it's, it's just a, a blessing, honestly, and it's a huge honor. So we just, we honor our pastors and we thank them for that because it's an awesome opportunity. But. Yeah, they are currently, they send their love and their greetings. They are in Arizona right now. Um, I hear it's like really hot, like 120 degrees. So um, they are in Arizona right now taking my younger sister, Mackenzie, to school there. She's attending Hillsong College there in Phoenix. And so sad to see her go, but God has big plans for her. And yeah, they're just, they're just taking her for the trip and then they're going to help her move and all that stuff. But um, so today we are just going to be sharing kind of like our life's testimony, just what God is putting on our hearts and, and really, uh, the, the, the main theme of all of that is we're going to be talking about God's promises and his faithfulness and God's timing because it takes a lot of trust, you know, to, to trust and to put your life in God's hands. But I know that when it comes to patience, 
you know, maybe you guys have it all together, but I definitely struggle in that area at times. I think when you ask God, like, God, just give me more patience. He gives you opportunities to practice that patience. But um, uh, in just a little, a little funny story about being patient. Um, you know, Andy is a great dad. He is awesome at helping. He does a ton. I'm super thankful for that. And his job is taking out the trash um, just because it stinks and I just don't want to be, <laughs> you know. Um, so there's, there will be times where this happens a lot more than it probably should. Uh, especially during pregnancy. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, the smell and all that. But so I'll be like, hey, Andy, can you take out the trash? Like, it smells really bad. It's getting kind of full. He'll be like, yes, just give me one second, like, you know, finishing something else. Um, And I literally give him one second. No, sometimes I give him like 15 seconds and I just like wait there. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll do it then because you're not doing it. Um, You know, I just get kind of impatient and I, I give him like a couple seconds to to actually do it, and then he does it, and then I'm like, okay, I'll do it, and then usually he does it, but um, yeah, just a little, you know, personal fault of mine when it comes to practicing patience. That's right, Um, and today wouldn't be a fun Sunday in front of you guys without doing one more thing to honor our pastors, and that would be to share a joke with you guys. Um, (laughs) To be honest, I was not actually planning on a joke, um, but we did have one of our good friends reach out to us on Facebook and share an awesome joke. So um, being a dad, I just felt the need to share the dad joke with you guys. So, um, Did you know that ants never get sick? It's because they have little antibodies. (laughs) Please don't unfriend me. Thank you. Uh, like I said, not planning on doing a joke, but uh, uh, we can't take the credit. That was Amy Rice for <laughs> thank you, Amy. sending we in love that you. submission. <laughs> um, so, like Michaela said, today we're kind of going to be talking about God's timing, God's will. There's a lot of like Christian buzzwords in there, so we're going to do our best to explain some stuff. Um, please, if you have questions, we always like hearing stuff after the fact. Come talk to one of us. We'll we'll try to explain stuff better if we miss it today, but. Um, One of the key verses that we want to look at today is Ecclesiastes 3.11, and we're going to read this from the the NIV Bible. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can really fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Um, A little bit of what this is talking about is, is really God's will. And like we said, talking about God's plan, what that really means is that from beginning... Even before we were born, God, like, had a purpose and a plan and, and all those things put together for us ahead of time. And what's really exciting is that when we have faith and trust in God, we can tap into that and we can use the Holy Spirit to communicate with God and really hear, like, more details about what that plan is. And the more time that we spend with him and really digging into his word, we can hopefully start to understand that plan for our life. And that's like what faith and trust in God is all about. So um, I think that's a good place to, to just open today up in prayer. So why don't we just bow our heads. Dear Father, we just thank you for today. And we just come before you and, and pray that your will be done here in front of everyone at church today. Father God, we just thank you for, for blessing each person that came out. We just thank you for the servants and the volunteers here And we just pray that you bless each and every one of them. Father God, keep us safe, guide us and protect us, and just let your will be done. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, <clears throat> a little bit about us. Um, obviously, most of you know that have been here for a while. Michaela is uh, the pastor's daughter. And my parents have been attending church here since even before I was born. So, we really never, like, met. We've kind of just always known each other. Our families have always been friends. So, um, for those of you who don't know, like, we weren't just, like, always dating or anything like that. That, w- that would be weird. So... <laughs> Because he's um, way older than me. So, so much older, yeah. I, I am reminded of that constantly. Um, I'm 27 this year. I'll be 28 later. And Michaela continually reminds me that um, I'm basically 30 already. So that's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Um, so kind of some of the start of Michaela and I's um, story together is that we took a missions trip to Costa Rica. And um, during this time, I was 19, and she was 14, I think almost 15. I think there's, there's a great picture um, kind of showing that a little bit. But um, in Costa Rica, <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> creeping, creeping hard. Um, if that tells you about our relationship, you know, <laughs> that picture is just a glimpse. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we spent some time together in Costa Rica, and... Um, Really, this missions trip was set up by another pastor, someone that, that we knew from the ministry. And um, Michaela and I and a couple other people from the church and Pastor Matt all went down and traveled to Costa Rica to do some street evangelism and to um, do some talking and stuff um, to some of the people there. They were also, like, building a school during that time. So we were hoping to, like, kind of get involved a little bit. And I think we ended up doing, like, some painting and I think it was a lot of babysitting, actually. Like, we, like, watched some of the kids and, and played with them and stuff. But um, one, t- one day, actually, it was in the morning. We were kind of getting together as a group, all the people that were on the, the missions together. And we had morning devotion and prayer. And then there was some worship. And this really awesome moment happened where I was um, just totally just, like, engulfed in, like, the Holy Spirit and just, like, really feeling, like, that attitude of worship and not audibly, but I heard, like, in my gut, the Holy Spirit just say, like, you're going to marry Michaela Malik. And I was like, okay. You know? <laughs> I didn't, to be honest, I really didn't know what to make of it. And um, being the incredibly intelligent 19-year-old that I was, um, I actually did manage to, like, kind of keep my mouth shut about that. I didn't say anything to Michaela right away because, like, there's a pretty good age difference. And when, when you're younger, you know, um, it's a little weird. When you're older, <laughs> age is just a number, so it doesn't matter as much. Um, but on this trip, I did tell Pastor Matt what I felt that I heard. And he's like, all right, that's, like, that's cool. Why don't we pray about it? And so we prayed, and he's like, let's... Uh, let's, like, catch back up on this when we get back to the States. Like, don't say anything, you know. This. <laughs> so we, uh, we just waited till we were back here. But um, after the missions trip, I did meet with Pastor Matt and Deb. We did talk about all of that. We prayed together, and they advised me um, a little bit strongly. Um, they're like, hey, let's wait. If this is really something that, that God has for you guys, let's wait. Let's give Michaela a couple years. Like I said, you know, she was 14 at the time. Let's, uh, let's just wait and, like, let's have that attitude together and, like, all be in agreement. So we were. I just still didn't say anything to Michaela. And, and so that's, like, when I entered, like, my first, like, big period of waiting. And uh, 
And I think sometimes that waiting period when, you know, God tells you something, but then it's not always immediate. It's like, okay, you have to wait and you have to trust. And there's a Bible story that we thought of, you know, this is church. We have to like tell a Bible story. No, Um, but this Bible story that, that really came to mind was the story of Abraham and Sarah. And I'll just kind of quickly summarize it for you. But uh, basically, God had promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. Like, that was kind of the, the phrase that God gave him, like, prophesying over his life, you are going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham totally believed and he trusted God. But there was kind of a catch because he was like 75 years old. His wife was up there in age as well. And they didn't even have any kids yet. So Abraham's like, all right, God, you know, I believe you that I'm going to be the father of many nations, but I don't even have any kids. Like, you know, you, you would think he would have kids. But um, so in that moment, um, you know, Abraham knew that this promise that God had given him was, I mean, if God like audibly promises you something and gives you something like it's probably going to happen, but it's going to be in God's timing. Um, And so even though like Abraham knew this, he trusted God, that waiting period was really hard because it was a long time. Like this is years and years where he's like, okay, God, you know, I'm just going to trust you. But um, instead of just kind of waiting and staying in that waiting, um, Abraham and Sarah kind of decided to take things into their own hands. And they're like, all right, well, we're just going to, you know, God, since it's not happening, we're just going to make it happen. So um, in Genesis 16, 1 through 4, I'm just going to read this scripture. And you'll see that I'm calling them Abraham and Sarah, but uh, God actually changed their name kind of later on in the story. But at this point in the story, their names were Sarah and Abram. So, you know, clear up the confusion there. So um, it says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to do what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Now, I, I know there's some kids here in church today. Obviously, there's no kids' church. Um, so really all that happened was they did some cuddling in bed. Um, mommies and daddies do that all the time, just so you guys know. <laughs> so, yes, moving on. Um, so in, <laughs> in verse 15, it says, So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So they kind of took things into their own hands and kind of went about it their own way, and Ishmael was born. Um, And then in, I don't have the, in the next verse, I'll say, I don't have the reference to it. But then after that, um, fast forward a couple years, When Abraham was 99 years old and his wife Sarah was 90 years old, they still hadn't had any children of their own. But then God spoke to Abraham again and, like, reaffirmed this promise. 
And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Um, something interesting about that that I would just call out. Anyone like actually like following along pretty well and doing the math from like the time that God first promised that to Abraham till he actually had his own son. That was like 24 years. That's like older than a lot of people in here, actually. So if you think you've got it a little bit rough, just remember, like, God will fulfill his promise, but it's on his timing. It's going to take some time sometimes. So um, even though Abraham did disobey and he tried to take things into his own hands, God never took his hand off of him. And that's, that's really the awesome thing about how God works is that plan that he had for Abraham never disappeared. It didn't vanish into thin air. It was still there. And God still had that promise, and he did reaffirm that to him. He was like 99, and that was like a long time later, but God fulfilled that promise. And that's kind of like the point that we're trying to get to here. Um, I think that we've all had moments where we've missed the mark, and we feel that we messed up, um, but that doesn't mean that God's forgotten about us. And like I said, that's just that period of waiting. And um, kind of the fun thing is like this story like really like can bring full circle a lot of people's testimony because... Um, some people do, do fall away and then come back. And it's kind of like the same thing that Abraham did where he had that time of disobedience, but then did like, remember, Hey, God had this promise for me. Let's like, let's get back with it. Let's get that promise fulfilled. So, um, in my own life, um, after pastor Matt and Deb told me that I needed to wait, I did take some things into my own hand. Um, if we're being honest here, you know, and, um, while I didn't have in Ishmael, I started doing a lot of things um, and going down a really self-destructive path. Um, The biggest point that I want you guys to get from my part of the testimony here is that I fell away from church. And that may not seem like a huge deal to some people. Um, You know, obviously we all have our own convictions about church attendance and how that kind of stuff works. But I know for me, it's super important to be plugged into a church. And that doesn't always mean like, be there every single Sunday. Like, obviously, stuff comes up. Maybe you have a doctor's appointment. Like, there's emergency stuff happens, right? But the point is, like, have that community, have those relationships, and be involved. I love our small groups here. It's an awesome way to get to know people. And just different things like that that really keep you accountable. It gives you an opportunity to have some mentors in your life that can, they really push you and challenge you in in God's ways. So, like I said, I kind of fell away from church a little bit, um, and actually when I stopped coming to church is, like, the, one of the biggest downfalls in my personal life. Um, I had a, quite a bit of a lack of self-control during that time because I wasn't getting that fulfillment from God's Word, and I started drinking. I went to parties. This was, like, kind of in some of my college years. Um, my grades started suffering big time. Um, I was in and out of a lot of relationships, and I actually even ended up moving in with a girl. Um, we were dating for a few years, and, and I thought that was like a great next step. And that's like all examples of some stuff that can happen when you're not like focused on God and things happening in your life like that. 
Um, and ultimately, all of this was happening because I really just wasn't being patient and waiting on God's timing. You know, throughout this whole period of time, I never really, like, forgot that the Holy Spirit told me, like, hey, you're going to marry Michaela. But I was, like, taking things into my own hands. You know, I was, you know, waiting, right? But I was making all these other decisions and doing stuff to be like, hey, like, that didn't work out. So, like, what's next? Like, let's go. And, and that was kind of like the same example that we used with, with Abraham and Sarah, really. Um, and one other point that I want to touch on with my testimony before we, like, get past that is, like, this whole conversation about alcohol. And like I said before, lots of people have different convictions. You know, you'll, you'll make your own decisions, and ultimately it's, it's your choice. But for me, alcohol was a huge downfall. And it was really like a, a turning point as far as like when my life like went downhill. When I, started, when I started stopping coming to church, that's like the next thing that picked up for me was drinking. And some people will say or argue that they can drink responsibly and, you know, great for you. But um, that wasn't the case for me. And especially when um, I was going through a lot of that in college, I could never just have one drink. For me, drinking was always an excess. It was me and my buddies getting together like, all right, like, it's going to be an all-nighter. Let's go, you know. And that's really how it ended up being. And nothing ever good, like, came out of that. And I think that's just like a point that I want to drive home. And obviously, uh, if anyone wants to, like, come talk to me afterwards, I'm happy to discuss that. But for me, like, I know that that was, like, a really big deal, Um, for me, I just had to say no right away. I, any drinking is bad drinking for me. So, um, Through all of that, I, I always really did feel conviction, and I, I just tried to push it down. You know, through the period of time where I was living with my girlfriend, um, when I was drinking or partying or any of that stuff, I, I always felt that conviction there. And it, you know, did get kind of fainter and fainter as I continued to, to fall away. But I still always felt like God had a plan for me. I never really, like, lost sight of that because it was so strong when it happened in Costa Rica. And I I remember what God said. No matter how many bad choices I made, um, my pastors were always there for me. I had friends from church who kept reaching out to me. And ultimately, God brought me back. So I'll finish up some of that later. (laughs) Yeah, and going back to the story of Abraham, I just think it's so significant that even though he kind of missed the mark, God still never took his hand off of his life. He still had a promise that it wasn't like, oh, you missed the mark. I guess the, you know, the plan for you is, is crumbled. No, God still had a plan for his life. And so finally, when Abraham was 99 and Sarah was 90, God fulfilled his promise and he gave them their son, Isaac. Though it took many years of patiently waiting, they finally received the promise of God. And Hebrews six thirteen through 15, it says, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And then going, um, I want to share another verse in Romans. It says, uh, Romans four twenty through 21, it says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. 
And I think we can look at that story and think, wow, like that was years and years of just waiting for God and, and knowing that he had this promise. And, and it could seem like a long time. Like we could think, geez, God, you know, it could have happened a little sooner, you know. But in reality, it was the perfect time. It was God's perfect plan. He, God isn't late. He's, he's not early. He's always on time. And, and I think for us... It can, it can be hard when we know that there's this plan for our lives, but, like, we just have to wait, and we have to trust God and, and know that God's timing is perfect. And, you know, I even think about our story. If, you know, if Andy would have come back from Costa Rica and he would have really just, like, like stayed the course and, and kept, you know, just, like, really made the most of that season— uh, I might not have even been interested. I might not have even been ready. I mean, I was 14 years old. I, I wasn't thinking about marriage at that point. And, and, you know, I ended up going to Bible school and I had, you know, made some amazing friendships. But I think, you know, if things for us would have happened sooner, that, you know, that might not have happened. And so I just, I think we, we knew each other. We had, you know, we met when we were younger, but Yet, God didn't, didn't make it happen right when, when he gave Andy that word. It took some time. Um, um, one other thing that I wanted to say about that is, is maybe you're even in the, the situation or the, the frame of mind of thinking, hey, I know like I've made a bunch of mistakes already. There's not going to be like a promise waiting for me if I come back because I already missed it when I had my chance. And we'll get into that in a little bit more, but that's like kind of how I was feeling. I was like, you know, out at these parties, and I was, you know, having some drinks, and I was thinking, like, why even bother, like, going back? Michaela's probably dating someone else, like, and at that time, like, that calling was what I had to go off of, so I was like, if Michaela's not there, like, waiting, like, what's the point for me, you know? That's what God called me to, and so if she's dating someone else, or if she's moved on, you know, why, why would I even and bother? And so keep that in mind, because that's something that we're going to come back to. Um, but a really good verse that kind of goes along with that is Romans 11.29. And the NIV says, For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That's a really good point to just take a moment and dwell on because when you're having those thoughts and those doubts that, like, you've made some bad choices, you've made some decisions that you know you shouldn't have, you feel that conviction, that, that's, all, that's all the Holy Spirit speaking to you and being like, hey, come back for what God has for you. You need to, like, take charge and come back and, and repent so that you can continue fulfilling God's plan. Um, I had to make a very serious decision kind of in that moment, and something needed to change in my life. I was going down this path. I was being selfish, and kind of all in one day, I decided it's going to happen. And that's not going to be the story for everybody, but I called Pastor Matt, and I said, I need to talk to you today. And I don't know what he did, but he cleared his schedule for me, and he's like, come on in, like, let's, let's talk. Um, we had an awesome talk. We prayed together. Um, he prayed with me to, like, break some, like, bonds and this, like, just nastiness that was on my life. And that day, I broke up with my girlfriend of three years, I moved out of our apartment. I moved back in with my parents. I started coming back to church. 
And that was a huge turning point in my life because ultimately I gave control of everything back to God. And it, it did happen, like, you know, those decisions happened in a day, but the progress, like, obviously wasn't instant. You know, I was pretty broken when I started coming back to church, and it took a long time for that healing to take hold and for growth to start taking place. Um, and there were some big changes that happened rather quickly for me. And I'm very happy to say that, um, not actually quite yet, because we were, we were debating this, but I'm almost exactly three years sober now, and I don't miss it a second. There's nothing about it. So like I said, obviously the alcohol is like, it can be a big point of contention for some people, and, and that's my personal conviction. I know for me, I can't let it touch my lips, because for me, there's not a thing as one drink. So that's why that was really important in, in my life. Um, these were all things that I knew I needed to do in order to get my life back with God. In order to fulfill the calling that God has, you need to be in line with his word, and you need to be fulfilling that promise um, in your life. Um, through all of this, I understood God's calling. I remembered what I heard from the Holy Spirit on that mission trip in Costa Rica. And um, the more that I continued to come back to church and kind of get my life right, um, my callings became even stronger. I felt that. I felt those convictions even more, and I knew that, hey, you're starting to make the right choices. Like, you know, I started to get that, like, that little tingly feeling in worship. I was like, hey, you're on the right track. You're making the right decisions. And that's like when that growth starts to happen again. So um, that was really awesome. I, I would like to call the worship team up at this time as we kind of start to wrap up. But um, you might be sitting here today and thinking like, hey, this condemnation is like weighing pretty heavily. Maybe like there's just some stuff that I said it didn't make a lot of sense, and, and that's okay because um, when you start fulfilling God's plan and, and reading the word and digging in like you're supposed to be, a lot of those things start to become more evident in your life. You'll start to get that understanding and those like good points when you're reading your Bible that, that really start to hit home with you. Um, maybe you feel kind of like you've been a little bit beat up um, and that you're even missing out on some of God's calling for your life. But really the reality is that you can turn all that around right now. There's, there's a decision that a lot of people make to start following Christ. And, and that could be a decision that you made a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. But a lot of times, kind of like in my personal life, it takes like a renewing. Where I had that time I met with pastor and I got back, back at church and started having those moments where I could come back and I could start that growth again. And it's not that I lost my Christianity necessarily. You know, like, obviously I had those, those downfalls and those bad decisions I made, but there is a, a huge moment of where you come to the realization that you need to, like, repent for those things that you've done because uh, at some point you just kind of get the smarts to be like, hey, I don't have all the answers. I know that there's someone out there that's a lot bigger than me, and his name is Jesus, and he's there, he's there when you need him. And I think when, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that storms won't come. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be amazing, but it means that you can stand in the middle of a storm and know that God is in control. And that's just, I think that answers the whole question of, of God, what is your plan for me? God, what do you have for me? Well, he's in control and, and giving your life to him and kind of surrendering that control over to him is, is really one of the best decisions that you can make in your life. That's awesome. Um, one really good 
quote that, that we kind of talked about and had was, um, it's, it's a big deal when there comes a day when you can stand in the middle of the storm that you're going through and know that God is just in complete control. And since that time that, you know, I've come back to church, there have been a lot of moments like that. You know, obviously, like, we're married now, and God fulfilled that call on my life. But that's not where the call ended. You know, he's showed me more things since then. And as I continue to dig deeper, it just keeps going. There's more and more. And it's kind of like stepping stones. You know, God's like, hey, if you can show me that you can, like, read my word and, and stay true to what you promised to me, then I will promise you and stay true to what I said to you. And those calls, those calls on your life just keep being fulfilled. And it's, it's an awesome kind of like full circle, you know, how that keeps on working out in your life. But um, we're just going to take a moment and, and have a time of some prayer. And I know different speakers will kind of do this a little bit differently, um, but we're going to pray what's called the believer's prayer. And I'm not going to make anyone stand up or, or raise your hand or anything like that today. But I want you to just kind of really check your own heart. I want you to just reach in deep and be like, God, if there's that calling, you know, I want you to show that to me. I want you to bring that into the light, and I want to fulfill it. Like, that's a point that, that we, like everybody here, wants everybody to reach. It's awesome. We have some great testimonies in this church, and it's, it's so good to be able to share with you guys. So if we could just have everyone bow their heads and close their eyes, I'm just going to say this prayer, and if you'd repeat after me, that'd be awesome. Dear Jesus, we thank you for taking our sin away, and we stand in repentance before you. Father, I know that I've sinned, and I just ask your forgiveness in my life. We acknowledge that, that Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again. Forgive my sin and make me more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I just want to uh, say a prayer for those of you who maybe you've uh, made a decision to follow Jesus, but you're kind of just in that season of waiting. and You're like wondering, God, what do you have for me? And I just, I just want to encourage you with this statement. Um, if you are kind of just in that season of waiting, know that if it's not good, that means that God's not finished with it yet. We might have these like really awesome opportunities that come, but it might not be what God has for us. And know that God wants his best for you. And if it's not his best, then he's not done working. And so um, if you're kind of in that season of waiting, I'm just going to say a prayer. You don't have to repeat after me, but let's just pray. God, I just thank you for those who might be in here who are just waiting on the promise and waiting on the call. And I just thank you that you would just strengthen them right now, God, that you would reaffirm those callings that you put on their hearts, that that you would just lead them and guide them and, and you would be the one in control. I, I just thank you for that surrender that we can just uh, give you our future. We can give you our plans and God, you can take it and you can make it the best thing that we could ever know. And, and God, we just, we, we thank you for the trust and the waiting and that we can just learn and grow even as we're waiting in Jesus name. So right now we're going to worship together. If you guys want to go ahead and stand on your feet and the worship team is going to lead us in a song. Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.